Thank you for listening to Pastoring on Purpose. Welcome to Pastoring on Purpose, and welcome to a new season. I am Dr. Tim Manis. I am the pastoral care slash spirit care coordinator here at Center for Ministerial Care. And to my left is my colleague, Raymond Culpepper II, who is the restoration coordinator here at Ministerial Care. We've worked together now for over 10 years, hard to believe. Mm -hmm. To my right is the esteemed, highly respectable Dr. Jeff Sargent, the professor at Lee University. He's actually professor of psychology at Lee University. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks. It's good to be here. I like what you call me, the professor. I the am professor. The, the professor. Forget like the a, rest of my colleagues. A right? Bond villain. <laughs> the <laughs> professor. No, good to be back. Excited about this season. like how we retooled. Well, I'll actually go to you first, Raymond. Why are we doing this? I think it's important for people to understand why. Why? Why is Ministerial Care doing a podcast? What is the purpose? What's the point? Uh, I think it has to do with a few things that are really important. I think, first of all, we want to be able to connect to the ministers uh, that are out there, and we also want to be able to provide them with a resource that may help them in what they're doing and in their ministries. Um, I think, you know, ministerial care, anything in Cleveland is in Cleveland, Mm -hmm. and it just has this sort of deep state vibe to it. And that's not what we're here to do. We're here to provide care, and we're here to do everything we can to provide support for ministers and their families out there, and that's the whole purpose here. Build connectivity and build resources for ministers. Absolutely. Jeff, I want you to kind of you know, chime in there too because, I mean, we've, we've talked about it before in the past. Um, not everybody's going to be calling us, not everybody's, but anybody can get online, get resources, can, you know, we're going to be there available for our ministers to help them. This office as as is is a tremendous resource. Now, as you talk about earlier on about this uh, this being a new season, I, I, I wish the listeners could see the new facilities. I mean, we're sitting in this wonderful new room where they've got uh, uh, wonderful technology for us to do this podcast, and I've uh, done a lot of updating to and, and remodeling of the counseling center itself. For a wonderful facility. However, most of you may never get to visit here, may not need it. Even if you need it, you may not be able to come here. Mm -hmm. This is a jewel in the ministry of the Church of God. And for too long, it's been misunderstood as a place for people to go when they are at the end of their ropes. Yeah. And that's, that's undervaluing what we've got here. What you guys have here is wonderful. This is a difficult time to be a pastor. This is a difficult time to be a minister and leading God's people. And what you have is a wonderful resource, knowledgeable people who are, who are gifted in what they do, who if they themselves don't have the knowledge, they have the connections to people to help them. So that's really what this podcast is all about. It's like, okay, all right, we get it. You can't all come here, all right? You don't all want to come to this, to this facility here in Cleveland. Right. Some people just don't like to come to Cleveland, and I understand that's true. that. That's true. But we're inviting you into the resources here by through but through this medium. All right. So here here's what we know. Here's what these guys know. And then when I say we, because they let me tag along, all right. And we have all kinds of wonderful guests that we bring in, experts, etc. So that you can in, in in the comfort of your own vehicle or at home, listen to this podcast and hopefully learn more about yourself and how to be better pastor. Mm-hmm. 
and how to be a better person as well. Um, we want our ministers to uh, fulfill the calling that God has had upon their lives. If our, one of our goals is to help you stay in that calling longer, to be able to finish the calling that God has for you in your life, and that really is our heart. We are really wanting to help you. One of the things it's important to understand of who we are, um, we do counseling for our ministers and, to their, and their families at no cost uh, in the Church of God. But you might be thinking to yourself, well, I'm not Church of God. You know, I'm Baptist, or I'm Methodist, or I'm just a pastor. I pastor non-denominational, or I'm just a Christian, or I'm in the church. This podcast is for you as well. What we're going to be discussing and talking about is our topics, I should say, that are relevant to pastors, to the pastoral family, to the home, and just people in general. Mental, mental wellness is, is the overarching theme. Yep. And please, listeners, don't, don't think, oh, okay, we're fine. You're just going to talk about mental health. Well, that is very important, but that's not the only thing we're going to be talking about and what we talk about. We talk about professional development. All three of us are professionals. We're inviting professionals to come in and talk about their perspectives and leadership skills. We're all leaders and or have been leaders now. We hope, I mean, we're intentional about it in the structure of the of our programming. The, we're, we're going to give you action steps each, each yes. episode so that, okay, you take something home. This, by the way, this is as much for me as it is anybody else listening to this because it's like, I don't want to just listen to people talk. I want to know, what am I supposed to do? What, what can I do? So we hope to equip you. You know, what to do with that information. How do we implement that? How do we apply that to our lives? We want to be able to, to help you in regards to that. And then also, let me just add this as well. We want to have a mail, mailbag section with a Q&A. So if you're listening to this episode and you have a question, you have a topic that might you might want to listen to or have us cover, or you just have a question you want us to answer on the air, be sure to send that to us, and we will do our best to get to those questions. And we will have a mailbag section. This will be fun because you never know what you're going to get. But we want you to be open, open, honest, send it to us. Um, you can send that to us on our website, centerforministerialcare.com. That goes directly to us. You can send it to us at Twitter at COGCMC, or also uh, you can Facebook us at uh, facebook.com backslash COGCMC. So so that's just kind of just a highlight, as you were saying. It's exciting stuff and much, much, much more coming on down the future. We're also really honored and blessed to have Dr. Oliver McMahon with us today from the Pentecostal Theological Seminary. He is the Vice President of Institutional Effectiveness and Accreditation, He is also a professor of mental health counseling. He is the chair of the Master of Arts in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, Dr. Oliver McMahon. Welcome today. It's good to have you. Well, it's good to be here, Tim. Uh, It's really an honor to be with all of you, and it's such a great topic, so very important in today's world for ministry, for counselors, for anyone who's helping other people to be able to help yourself and to be in touch with what's going on in your own life. Very important. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be back with you with our subject in just a moment. You've been listening to Pastoring on Purpose, a podcast of the Center for Ministerial Care. Twice a month, we talk with pastors, church staff, and mental health professionals about what it's really like to lead and serve a congregation. From pastoral burnout to boundaries, the pressing issues of leadership to the pertinent little details that help a body progress, we're here to help you be a healthier leader, pastor, and person. Welcome back to the podcast, and let's just go ahead and dive into our topic. We're going to be talking about boundaries, in particular how boundaries uh, affect pastors, and also more specifically also talk about boundaries and pastoral counseling. Um, I believe boundaries is something that's vitally important for all of us to have, and, and I want to start with our 
our guest today, Dr. Oliver McMahon. I'm going to try to call you Oliver. I'm used to calling you Dr. Mac. I hope that's okay. Uh, and so, but Oliver, before we talk about boundaries, I think it's important to be able to kind of define what boundaries are. What? So for those listening today, if you had to define it, uh, give us your definition of boundaries. Well, typically, Tim, boundaries, people think about boundaries in terms of effectiveness. How can I be effective? That's kind of a technical definition. How can I keep myself going in service of whatever I'm doing? And boundaries are looked at many times in terms of how far can I go, how much should I do, where are the limits, etc. But I really have felt for a long time and advise and work with people and talk about what's the center of your life. And if you define boundaries as to how far from the center of who I am, rather than how far can I go, it's a matter of how connected is what I do, how much I do, where I do, who I'm doing, et cetera, et cetera, how far it is from the ground, the center of who I am. That really makes the whole task meaningful, meaningful for me, and effectiveness then is defined not by someone else, but it's grounded in really a sense of spirituality. Now, certainly there are realities. We can only work so much, do so much. In fact, one thing I like to tell myself and tell others the only person who can pastor everybody is Jesus. The only person who can counsel everybody and handle every issue is Jesus. So that kind of puts things in perspective, and I start from there. It starts from the center, boundaries do. Love it, love it. And I love the spirituality component of that because you're right. We often just think about what can I do and uh, how far can I go. Jeff, I know we've talked about the, the kind of the superman mentality that a lot of uh, a lot of us fall into the savior mentality. You know, I want to be there for everybody. I want to help everybody. Um, you know, the 24-7, if you will, pastor, leader. How difficult is that to do? Is it even attainable to do? It's not. And I think that's what Oliver was answering. In, in, in understanding boundaries begins with understanding self, you being, who, knowing who you are, that centerpiece. If you don't know who you are, then how are you going to know where the boundaries are, how to create the boundaries, how to change the boundaries, et cetera, that, that are going to protect you, all right, and protect your relationships? So I, I'm, I'm thankful you said that already. Knowing who you are, knowing, knowing that, that centerpiece of, of my identity, all right? And so what you're alluding to there, Tim, about the 20, about the, our identity as pastors sometimes, but any professional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes get so caught up in our calling and our passions for our calling that, that we begin to identify ourselves with the work and our calling, and, and that, that, that is a mistake, all right? Mm-hmm. What we do is not necessarily who we are. It informs us, but it's not who we are. Right. And so some of us begin to create this identity that I'm the 24-7 God, especially as a pastor, right? When, when do you take time off? When do God's people not need me? <laughs> they always need me. Until I die, they need me. But I think you're, I agree with you, Oliver, that, that, that knowing who I am, that center, really starting at the center, who am I first before I begin looking at the boundaries that extend from me? So it's important to be able to look in the mirror, right? To, to kind of have an idea so we're not dealing with an identity crisis of trying to do really more than we are able or even capable of doing. Uh, Raymond, any, any thoughts you want to add in there in regards to the topic? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, what Jeff is saying is is really accurate. If you can think of the boundaries in, in the terms that Dr. McMahon was, uh, you have this sphere, and there are your boundaries. As you move away from that, there is another sphere, uh, and that sphere is going to be family, 
close people in your life. You have a similar set of boundaries for that, what defines us. And there are boundaries put in place to protect that and preserve that as well. And it's a similar dynamic where you're trying to stay anchored to that. In this case, now it's out one past the self to family. That extends further out. Uh, And I think that organizations are very similar to that. There are things, there are missions, there are uh, mission statements, identities, values that really tell us what is the church, what is a pastor. Uh, And I think those values define where the boundaries are in that role, much like the, uh, the circle that you talked about defines the boundaries for the self. Yeah, it, it's, it's, you know, I've always said this, and I believe it to be true, if you don't know who you are, you'll let others tell you who they think you are, and um, that's never a good place to be in. Let me ask you, uh, go back to Dr. McMahon, or Oliver, I'm sorry, I did it again, I'm sorry guys, uh, I'll get used to, to calling you Oliver after you know, we're done with the podcast. You're just showing respect. I'm trying, respect, yes. I'm trying. And so, uh, but you know, as far as boundaries in, in regards to leadership, in regards to pastors and families, and um, this is, a, I know, a loaded question, and, and, um, but how do you think we are doing in regards to this? Do you think... We have to kind of talk about COVID a little bit. I mean, that has changed how we function as a society and how we perhaps minister. Does that Has that helped us? Has that hurt us in the area of boundaries? Uh, where does that come into play here? And so I guess my question is twofold, is how do you think we're doing in the area of boundaries and how do you think COVID has uh, affected our role in that area? Oh, that's a great, great point. And it's very, very important I think all of us have been looking at the literature and studies and things that have been going on, much less the very real on-the-ground effects that uh, people have lost their lives. Great, uh, A lot of things have happened, but, but one of the biggest findings almost immediately with COVID is the impact upon self-care. I personally was kind of surprised, you know, with all of the medical stuff going on and psychological stuff going on, social stuff going on, that self-care kind of arose as a major self-care for students, self-care for a lot of people, professionals across the board. And I think part of what happened was we were confronted with who we are. All of a sudden you're at home for hours and days and weeks so what do you do? And all of these questions began to be, you were confronted with the people in your life and the people not in your life suddenly. So self-care has a lot to do with boundaries. And one of the big questions, I think, if you will, that we have been confronted with is, who are we? What am I doing? What is it all about? And the number one reason for burnout on the part of professional counselors is a sense of failure. And I think pastors are very close to there. And connected with the Messiah complex you mentioned earlier, all of a sudden you feel like you're a failure. And it's compounded if the meaning, the center, the groundedness of who you are has been wrapped up with how the denomination defines you, how the congregation defines you, how other people define you. So what is failure? What does it mean? What happens if I fail? I mean, it's, it's quite a boundary-setting reality when you say to yourself, I don't 
I'm not a success 24-7. There are points at which I fail. There's something I could not do for that person or with that person. And to begin to work through that with boundaries in my life. And one of the big things that I look at are the people in my life. Mm. You know, you know, Raymond mentioned family, yeah. people who are significant in my life. It's hard to listen to them when they set boundaries. And then I have to take that and incorporate it in my life and really listen, what does that mean, and then work my way outward from my sense of spirituality, my sense... And when I say spirituality, I'm not saying that you're a failure just because you weren't spiritual enough, mm-hmm. but it's to redefine failure, to look at failure as God is still working, He's still with us, He's the only one who's an absolute perfect, does everything great every time, but then to work out of that and then to get to the nuts and bolts of my life. How do I listen? When do I listen? When am I with? Who am I with? Who am I with not? And I wanted to mention this kind of up front. One of the big things that's really helped me is the idea of routines. You know, to talk about spirituality and centeredness is kind of ethereal and philosophical perhaps, but but getting down to the ground of it, it's how I live my life. And in living my life, I read, and I, I really believe this, that who I am is more a matter of what I do routinely. Mm. I tell people, if you want to know who a person is, don't look at their accomplishments. That doesn't tell you who they are, but look at what they do on a regular basis, routinely, wow. habitually. And I would define a routine as what you do, same time, same place, same way, every day. How does that have to do, you know, what does that have to do with boundaries and setting boundaries? The boundaries in our life are not always thoughtful. The boundaries that really get us are the boundaries we don't think about. Things that are such a boundary in our life that they're a routine. Mm Mm-hmm. They almost bypass our thinking. And what we do routinely not only sets the boundaries of our life, but in a certain sense, they control our life. So boundaries is about self-care and effectiveness. What do I do routinely? Who do I do it with? Just ask you know, myself, what do I do every day, Same time, same way, every day. And I'll just say this. There's one routine that controls this country, the United States. Come rain, come shine, no matter what happens, in sickness and in health, for better, for worse, the routine is not marriage, it's work. Mm. We will be at work. So this thing about boundaries is not just about how do I set set effective boundaries for my work life. But to get to that center, to get to my real effectiveness, to get to healthful, hopeful living before God, it's a matter of looking at what are the routines of my life that really control my life? What do I have to do? What do I not have to do? And to begin from there. So those are some thoughts, and hopefully they're not too random. I want to jump in here. Oliver... Thank you. That, that, that's, uh, you've got me thinking about a number of different things, but what, I want to summarize here what, what I've, I've gleaned from it. 
is that going through the pandemic and having to make these adjustments, we were forced because of the situation to, 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 to rethink work, rethink ourselves, family, et cetera. We've all had to do that. And, and that's really not unlike any time we go through any kind of social change, whether we choose the change or it's imposed upon us by the environment, it causes us to rethink, who am I? What do I do? How do I do it? And so what I'm hearing, what you're saying there is that we've had this opportunity, not that we chose it, but we had this opportunity through the pandemic to have to rethink these things. How do I do work? How do I do family? Who am I? And so what I would get from that, so, so is this a time now to do some self-evaluation? What have I learned during the pandemic about me? Let's start with me. What have I learned about me as a person, uh, as, a, as a person, uh, as an individual, as a person of faith, as, as, as my vocation, as a family, et cetera? What have I learned about family and family structure and my relationship to them? What do I do? Going back to that as well. And then uh, how do I do work? So is that what you're saying? Is it a good time to, to really do that evalu- self-evaluation? And get it down in a granular sense. What are my routines that define who I am? Do I have routines with myself, with the Lord, with family? And then to begin to work out word from that to say, what do I do out of who I am in my ministry, yes. hmm. you know, in my recreational life? So it's not just a particular thing that I do, but what controls me? We do that, but it's difficult to be honest with ourselves because I'm a good employee. I went to work today. Yes, I clocked in or I showed up at the at the office and I went to the hospital. And did, so that's how we evaluate ourselves. But what I'm hearing you say is take an honest evaluation. What am I actually doing? I said I was going to be more intentional and do X, Y, or Z. Am I actually doing that, right? I, I exercise all the time. Well, if you actually look at it, I exercised, well, once last week and twice, two weeks ago. You're right. So you're saying an honest evaluation. What is it that I do? Because what we do really informs us more about who we are than who we think we are. And that has everything to do with boundaries. Yes. And also, I think a thing with those kinds of boundaries is that you that's a place when you do that kind of an assessment on yourself and what your routines are, you will find unhealthy boundaries is my deciding to be on the computer for two hours taking time away from my wife, my sons, when I could be doing something to further enable the identity that I have set for my family? Uh, Are my boundaries conflicting with the values that I want to define my boundaries? Are they selfish? Are they hurting me? So in order to have healthy boundaries, is, is that just a solo experience or is it a communal experience where we need spouse, kids, other people in our lives to be honest with us? Because let's be honest, I can be biased. All of us can be biased. It's tough to get a self-evaluation. Is it important to have those voices in our lives to kind of help us evaluate ourselves? And I would interject along with the word effective. You know, we want boundaries that help us to be more effective it's the word genuine, wow. going through this kind of process that is grounded, that is communal, that really gets into what do I really do, what do I do routinely, you come away being much more genuine. And I think what a lot of people in the pews of America are looking for in counseling sessions are looking for is someone who's genuine, 
who can help them to be a more genuine person. And that genuineness is to be genuine before God. Mm. And then to add one more word, truth. Yes. <laughs> to be truthful. So boundary setting is a lot about um, coming to terms with oneself, truthfulness, being genuine. And I think a lot of ministers would find themselves a lot more effective if they were more genuine. Wow. Wow. Isn't there a risk with that, right? So oh, I'm sitting there, yeah. I'm listening to you, and I'm thinking, oh, this sounds yeah. good, but it's like, oh, my goodness, what the risk? What if I, I you're, you're vulnerable, right, yes. in doing so, and how are they going to perceive me as a pastor if I am honest with them and say, I don't know, or I'm trying to figure this out, right? It, it really is a risk, and I think that's what I can almost feel listeners saying that. I was like, oh, hold it, I can't do that because yeah. they see me this way, and I want them to continue, I want to perpetuate the belief that I have about myself, and I, and I want them to see me in that elevated position, the risk that I, that, that, are, that I fear is that being genuine, somehow they won't see me that way. But that is in your own head. That's how you see yourself, not how they see you. Yeah. We're not as effective as we think we are. Yes. Mm. And is there, those relationships that you have with those individuals, is it real if it isn't genuine? Right. I mean... To take something that you're talking about, I talk about this sometimes about intimacy. God knows all of those things, but his affection for us is not changed by them. Do you see what I'm saying? That is the, that's pure intimacy, and that's what we want to mirror in our relationships with each other. Uh, it is hard. You're right. It puts you out there. And it takes time. I mean, if, if you haven't done that and you're trying to incorporate a new way of living, that genuineness, it's not a, it's just not a switch you just flip on and off, you know. And so it takes time to be able to get to that point. But you're right, there's a risk. And to be open and be honest is difficult for many of us. And a lot of times we feel like that somehow or another neglects our calling, that we're less. There's a sense of shame that comes from that, but the reality of it is, is that it helps us connect to our community, the people we're serving. People appreciate that openness and honestness, correct? It would redefine boundaries. Yeah. It would redefine boundaries for us. It's interesting. The book of John, John is the only gospel writer that says these things are written. Many other things could be written, but these things are written. So why, John, did you, in the last chapter, the one thing that you tell us in this last summary chapter, you have us on a beach with the disciples, and they're having breakfast. Mm. It's not about the fish. It's not about the boat. When they came to the shore, Jesus already had breakfast set for them. Wow. And what John was saying was, out of all of the things that Jesus did, the last thing I want you to remember is that he was a genuine person. You know, if we, if we really think about it, if you walked with God Almighty incarnate, would you dare say, hello, Jesus? Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't want to be offensive to anyone. And, Those and, eggs and just, aren't very good. But just, exactly. <laughs> you know, oh, Jesus, like the Son of God, you have to sleep? I, I didn't realize that. Okay, yeah, so I'll sleep too. You know, but I'm not, I'm just saying that Jesus was genuine. He was genuine, and I think people are so hungry for a genuine gospel, a genuine church, a genuine pastor, a genuine pastoral counselor, counselor. And that comes with 
it goes back really to identity as well. You have to be confident, not cocky, but confident in your calling, confident in who you are, and have a healthy self-esteem. We could talk about this much, much longer, but let's get to, let's get to the action steps portion of our podcast. You know, we've, we've defined what boundaries are. We've, we've discussed the importance of it, but you know, our listeners might be thinking to themselves, okay, so what? You know, where do we go from here? How do we apply this? What does this look like? Well, let's just let's talk about action steps for just a moment. We've t- we've discussed and defined boundaries. We know the importance of it. Let's get into you know what do we do with it? How do we establish boundaries? And let's just let's dive into pastoral counseling in particular. How do we establish healthy boundaries, Doctor Oliver McMahon, in pastoral counseling, and what does that look like? Well, just to speak generally about the things that I would think about in the local church and in counseling, pastoral counseling, you know, in a counseling session, identify it as counseling. You're setting boundaries. This is counseling, and I'm here as your pastor, and I want to talk to and then name the things that you might talk about. It's important for the agenda, much of it, to be set by their needs and what they're wanting, but you also have certain boundaries. It's okay to have a time limit. That helps you. That helps them. Why don't we meet for an hour and see how far we get? Let's talk. And then also it's important to be able to communicate the limitations. You know, if you have limitations, you're not able to counsel in a certain area, be willing to refer and communicate that to the other person. It's important to communicate some very important boundaries, such as, you know, you might want to say regularly, I, I say this anytime we enter into counsel with anyone in the local church, but if I find out that someone is hurting someone, I may have to do something about that. I may have to report it. Some way to communicate boundaries about harm, about putting people on notice, about reportability perhaps. It's also okay to communicate boundaries as to, you know, when a person might call you, may not call you, so that will help you. It really does create a sense of safety, and it is helpful if people know what the boundaries are. Mm. So to have those boundaries, certainly it's advisable many times to have an open door while you're counseling or have a window in your door, have someone else in the building to not be alone, especially when you're counseling someone of the opposite gender. And it's also very helpful for you to model healthy boundaries. Mm -hmm. If they see you and you're tired, you're worn out, and they're going to get help from you, it might raise a question in their mind. So it's important for you to be prepared to be healthy, you know, to to not counsel some, try to counsel someone when you're way too asleep. And we think many times that this is such an emergency and many times there are very serious emergency situations, but frequently things are not as much of an emergency as we think they are. So to say to someone, could we meet tomorrow about this? Or could we meet, uh, say, on Thursday instead of Monday? All of those things contribute not just to healthy boundaries, but effective boundaries. I think all of those things tie in as to very important action steps. One final boundary that I would like to mention is to communicate to others and be aware ourselves that we're not alone in the process. To let people know that if there are resources that you might make available resources, communicate resources to them, 
This is not tied to confidentiality. You must maintain confidentiality. But it's to say to the person, I'm not the answer. There are other people that can be involved, other helps that can be involved, so that people know that when you counsel them as a pastor, that you're not trying to bear it all by yourself. Many pastors want people to feel that way, tragically. They want people to depend on them way too much, way too much. So to have boundaries, be aware of them, and to also be able to communicate those very practical boundaries is very, very important. Be aware, communicate, and refer. I think that's so vitally important. Excellent. I couldn't say it better myself. And so with that, I just want to say thank you so much, Dr. Oliver McMahon, for being with us. That was so well put. And it's such an honor to have you. And you know, I'm a, I'm a byproduct of Pentecostal Theological Seminary myself as well as Lee. And uh, thank you so much for being with us. It's such an honor. And uh, I don't have the cup here, but I am going to give you a ministerial care cup for you to take home. Well, thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Coffee does taste better in that cup. We've all, we've all tried it out. Not the cup that we're going to be giving you, mind you. It's a, it's a new cup, but coffee does taste well, better. See, I'm, I'm conflicted. I want to say the listeners wouldn't know whether or not you're giving the cup, but he also talked about being genuine, authentic, and, and yeah, yeah, truthful. So That's true. There is no cup here, yes. But, well, it's, it's in the kitchen, and so I do have the cup here. It's just not physically here right yes. now, but cool. he, you, I will give it to you before you head out. Well, thank you for joining us. Fascinating. Fascinating. I like that word. It's fascinating. Very good. Uh, Be sure to join us again in the future. Until then, be sure to like our uh, podcast. Be sure to share it and let others know. And we will see you next time on Pastoring on Purpose. Pastoring on Purpose is a production of the Center for Ministerial Care, a ministry of the Church of God. Ministerial Care provides counseling services for Church of God ministers and offers those resources to our leaders free of charge. If you are a pastor in the Church of God who would benefit from a fresh, healthy perspective on life, leading, or following the Lord's call, or know someone who is, please visit www.centerforministerialcare.com. Join us next time as we continue our purposeful progress to becoming better pastors and people.